0: selling smoothies is what i do but for small business insurance i chose my state farm agent he's a small business owner too so he knew how to help me
1: personalize my policies like a good neighbor state farm is there talk to an agent today
2: the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble
0: You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
3: Welcome to a Friday edition of the Busted Open podcast with me, Denise Salcedo, and the voice of AEW in Espanol, Thunder Rosa. Today, Thunder Rosa reflects on an interview I had with Hikaru Shida, and she opens up about her and Shida's journeys and trials as AEW Women's Champion. Also, we speak to our indie spotlight today, and that is Mission Pro Wrestling's new world champion,
4: Tiffany Nieves, here on the Busted Open podcast. I want to give a shout out to Sheeta, who's now the AEW Women's World Champion. And she's heading into all in in less, actually, like in about a week. Uh, for me, Shida, uh Serena was my first match. And I I am so thankful for the opportunity to share the ring with with Serena at a time and where it was during the pandemic. Uh, nobody knew who I was because at that time I was, unless you watch NWA, you know who I was, or you were watching the independent team. But um, Serena was my fur my first match at AEW. But uh, the match that we had, Cheetah and I, at All Out uh, three years ago to to the date, you know. Uh, for me it was something very very special i have I wrote a letter uh that day the day before uh when I had the match because I was so nervous it was my first time facing cheetah uh, I remember the whole process Kenny was involved um Kenny who, who was uh super supportive to the women's division uh back in 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 that time um really helped us develop something really really awesome in the ring and um and I remember the day of the of the show. We're like preparing ourselves, and everything is happening. There was an incident that happened between in the match pr- prior to us. It was uh, Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara uh, that that the match was cut sh- short. And I remember like they came to us and they were like, "Ladies, you guys have a lot more time, so take your time." And I'm like terrified because this this is the you know the fight, you know the the test of fire that I had and and Cheetah may. Such an easy transition and such an easy way for me to, to, uh, develop what Thunder Rosa was going to be moving forward in, in AW. Um, and she's probably one of the most selfless champions and selfless workers I ever worked with. Um, and, um. And she held the title for a long time during the pandemic, during one of the most difficult times of professional wrestling. And I can tell you like she tried her hardest to work with absolutely everyone, uh, to shine everyone. Uh, and, um, and I, I know like, when she was talking in the interview, like one of her things that she struggled the most was to use, you know, the, the English part. And um, I can tell you, she's been working relentlessly on taking English classes and and bettering herself all this time that she hasn't been like cutting kind of promos, doing interviews and whatnot, but uh, she's been super active. She like, she loves acting. She's very interactive with the fans. I love her cat, by the way. I don't know. Uh, it's so lovely when she's doing stuff. Um, but Sheeta, um, like I said, Sheeta deserves a little bit more respect that, that she gets because like I said, not only she held the title for, for quite a while on a very, very difficult time, but also she did an amazing job. She had amazing matches with a lot of her opponents. And, um and I think that uh the fact that she is a two-time champ, uh, she should be very proud. And I'm definitely very, very proud that she, she became a, a, a title holder and now going into all in, uh, she has an opportunity to really like, feel that love from all the fans that didn't go to the show in one, you know, it's all going to be concentrated. So um, again, I just want to thank Cheetah for, uh, for allowing me to that opportunity to share, to share the ring in such an important time because the spotlight was on us. And I know that an all in the spotlight is going to be on the women's division at AEW. So I am really excited for her and I can't wait to see her and give her a hug. Uh, to take congratulations, uh, I have not been able to see her because she works Wednesdays and I work Saturdays.
3: <laughs> we should also mention this too is that she is the longest reigning AEW Women's Champion at 372 days, and now she's champion once again. So a couple days ago, Thunder, I was able to actually interview Sheeta. And Sheeta doesn't do very many interviews, especially in English, because as you mentioned, that was something that she was still working on and she didn't entirely feel too confident to actually do English interviews. And so we did one. And so we want to go ahead and play a clip for everybody here uh, to check it out.
1: I think that was the greatest moment in my life. And yeah, more for me, as more important is. The in front of fans because the last time I was champion is no fans. Actually, I got a title at the first pay per view without fans, and I lose the title at the pay per view the first we the fans come back. So, yeah. During when I was champion, all the time is without fans, so I'm so happy to actually, I could hear the cheer of the fans and that moment was the, yeah, I really, that was the best.
3: So that was Sheeta basically talking about, you know, winning the title in front of the crowd. And that was something that you mentioned, you know, having to be a champion during the pandemic era. Uh, Thunder as a former champion yourself, like having I and mean, can you imagine, you know, having to be champion through, during the pandemic era?
4: Well, I was a champion, but I wasn't like the AW women's champion. I was a WA champion. However, I won my title in front of people. This is like a couple weeks before the uh, or a couple months before you know, the world shut down. So, you know, when I was listening to this earlier this morning, I it put a lot of things in perspective, you know, because I was so blessed that I was able to win the championship in front of my people, which was one of the most uh, moving and one of the best moments of my career uh, by far. And the fact that she won their championship with no fans, like, it's kind of like a, a lackluster, you know, in a way. Yeah, it is. It is such a... um a blessing and such an opportunity, but at the same time, it's just like, man, it kind of, it kind of blows because it's in a moment in where there's so much transition going on. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if you are going to do TV. So the, the fact that she had an opportunity, uh, another opportunity to do it in front of people, confetti was out, you know, she was able to celebrate. People were able to celebrate her, her, uh, her win, her journey. That was really awesome. And, um, and I can hear it in her voice, how this, this means a lot. I mean, she's held multiple titles from all, all over Japan and other promotions but I think for this one because it's you know it's international TV is uh, AW such established company that uh it made it even more special and the fact too that of course Denise you got the you know the exclusive interview um that you can hear her say from in her own voice, at her own time and not in a promo and where like she's going to be probably rushed right or she has a limited amount of time to to express her feelings it really means a lot more um and i can tell you that as, as a former champion that it, it, i can feel the emotion coming out of her of of her when she's saying how important this is and i think how important this will become for the rest of her life
3: Yeah. And, you know, you were also mentioning, you know, just the importance of being champion. And you know that when it comes to being champion, regardless of whatever title you're holding, there comes some additional responsibilities and you have goals and you have things that you want to accomplish. And one of the things that Sheeta told me was that she wasn't expecting to become champion again because she kind of felt like, oh, my God, like there was all these things that I couldn't do the first time that I was champion because, again, of that language barrier. And so, you know, now Getting her opportunity the second time around. She's like, I'm doing things differently. She's, you know, doing interviews. She's gonna be doing more interviews, which she's spoken about already on social media. And so one of the things that I did ask her as well was, What are your goals within AEW, especially as AEW Women's
1: Champion? And here's what she had to say. What I want to do in Spring is what I couldn't before. So yeah, the Interview is one of those, and I really want to promo in the ring. Yeah, that's what I couldn't before because of that worry about English, so, but now I feel I can do that, and it, yeah. Of course, I want to wrestle many girls in AW, but I want to build more library and I mean, in Japan, we usually have the many matches before the title match. Like, yeah, and we build the storylines and like a, the fans excitement. So I'm happy if I can do that in this way too. I thought what she
3: mentioned there, Thunder, was very, very important because not only did she mention she wants to do an in-ring promo, which until she mentioned it, I was like, oh my god, that's right. She hasn't had the opportunity to do an in-ring promo like that, and that's such a big part of being champion. And then when she mentioned, you know, just building more rivalries for the women, uh, you know, Thunder. Obviously, you know, we're seeing this across all all across the board on social media. The fans yearning to want to see more stories for the women in AEW. They want to see uh these you know big opportunities come about so um what you make of what she had to say about her goals for uh you know as AEW Women's Champion
4: I totally agree with her I think uh, she deserves this she's worked uh tirelessly in the last two years to be able to uh, communicate her can uh, communicate herself in another language she, uh, can be extremely difficult. English is muy difícil. It's very hard. I can tell you as uh, English is my second language and you guys can hear me sometimes I can't pronounce Jack stuff about certain words. And I, I can't even imagine like uh, Japanese has a lot of phonetics that are sound like very similar than Spanish. And like when I went to Japan, a lot of people spoke Spanish more than English. This is easier. It's an easy transition. Right. So it takes a lot of guts and it takes a lot of uh, uh, confidence to to stand in the ring, to cut a promo or just to let alone just cut a promo and, for people to understand what you're trying to say in such a short amount of time, because TV time is very, very short. And in terms of like the storyline, she mentioned that in Japan, she's used to like having uh, matches or like story matches before the main match. And I think that's one of her biggest desires is to be able to do something like that now as as the AEW Women's World Champion, um, I'm just gonna butt into in, in there. Um, uh, I never lost a championship, so uh, if she wins and all in, uh, I want I get, I want to get all in on that and and, and do a, a round two and all out. But you know that that's just that's just me or like later on in the future and just saying you know just put just it, throwing out it out there, just throwing it out there. Um, but no, I think it, she's absolutely right. I think yeah, uh, I think that will be really good and see how she can develop her character the new Sheeta, like the new person that she is and I think people are very eager to see this because they saw her before as you know on her first reign as you know the pandemic champion and listen everybody can make fun of like the pandemic champion or whatever I, I heard a lot of like oh yeah, when you in the pandemic you were the champion woo. and like uh minimize the efforts that they did that took a lot because she had to do even more to uh, transmit emotion into the tv for you to care about the match for you to care about watching the show so like i said i have so much respect for Sheeta because she did it in the hardest time ever and uh, i know there's other uh, other um Talent that we're able to do that during the pandemic. I, I mean, I have like so many names, and and I just feel like people are like, oh man, you know, it's just it was during the pandemic. But we be the if we didn't have them, we didn't have this discussion right now. She wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't think I would be here if I wouldn't had her as a champion and giving me that opportunity to share the ring with her. And for everybody else that came after me, um, we all had an opportunity to be in the ring with her. And she, like I said, she's one of the most selfless individuals. Super, uh, super kind when she's giving you feedback and like, um, like I said, she deserves it. I, I don't think, uh, I mean, there is a lot of talent at AAW. Don't get me wrong, but she, she's just one of a kind. And
3: yeah, I, that's one of the things that I do want to talk to you about, too, because one of the things that she also mentioned was, you know, feeling pressure. You're going to feel pressure as champion. Again, the language barrier is one thing you spoke about that, you know, English being your second language as yeah. well. And having the guts to go out there and speak to the people when you know very well that this is not your first language. But I do want to ask you, how does it feel carrying the women's division as a champion especially given how many eyes people
4: have on the women's division it's very heavy (laughs) just like it's very heavy it's very very heavy because the expectation changes um the title sometimes changes people uh changes their perspective about the work that they do um Dennis, you just like hit the nail. And I'm like, I have so much to say about that. Um, but I'm going to wait for an exclusive interview with you. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be hitting up AWPR and be like, hey, can I talk to yes. Thunder Rosa? Don't worry. I'm always when, on that. Whenever my return is, whenever that is, who knows when. Um, um It is very heavy. And um, you either it breaks you or makes you. And sometimes it can seem like it makes making you, but at the same time it's breaking you because you have so many uh, desires and so many, um, you know, goals and so many things that you want to do, but there's so many other things that are, you know, surrounded that either are going to allow you or are going to stop you from doing what you want to do. So um, yes. And I, and and I know people are like, well, you know, like those championships are fake. And I, it's not like, you are representing, you are the face of the company. Everything you do will be scrutinized. Everything you say will be scrutinized. Uh, however I, you're booked, it is scrutinized, even if you have absolutely nothing to do with the booking. So it's like, um, it is very tough. And like, you might think that you're ready, but a lot of the times you are not ready, uh, like in some aspects, because of what it comes with being on the spotlight, right? And um, I think she has a second chance to like really change and and do a lot of things that she was not able to do. I am crossing my fingers and my toes that that's going to be whatever, like if she's even if she's two months or another year as a champion, um, that she has an opportunity to do some of the goals or achieve some of the goals that she she set herself for on this on this reign.
3: Yeah, exactly. And so we are going to be seeing that AW All-In match. It's going to be the four-way for the Women's Championship. And clearly, we're going to have Hikaru Shida, the champion, defend against Tony Storm, Soraya, and Dr. Britt Baker. So it is going to be, you know, uh, it it sounds like it's going to be a really cool match seeing this fatal four-way. And I almost feel like I know that there are a lot of fans that are probably expecting there to be a new champion crowned at All-In. But personally, Thunder, I feel like like it would be a bigger surprise and it would feel like a bigger moment if Sheeta were to retain the championship. And I say this because I feel like having Sheeta as champion once again, but with this different time period and all, you know, taking everything into account for everything that's been going down with the AEW women's division. I personally feel like it, it feels like the start of a new era for the women's division. Like I want, like, you know, we were seeing Sheeta main event two weeks in a row. That was really cool to see. And so I feel like it would be a bigger surprise if they said, you know what? We're all in on Sheeta, and we're sticking there, and we're gonna ride this out. And like she said, build more rivalries for the women, and really make them feel uh, concrete, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be calling the matches, so I'm excited to see what's gonna happen. Uh, because I always like to like you know come up with new new sayings, and I like I personally like to be surprised. And as a fan and as a commentator, I love to be surprised. So, um. My expectations are very high and I'll just be sitting there writing notes on stories on things people are saying on there. And I can't wait to see her first promo. Like, uh, uh hopefully is this next Wednesday before all in, and I'm pretty sure that they're going to set it up like that. I'm just saying, I don't know. I'm just speculating. Like I speculate on everything, uh, and you guys do the same thing. So whatever that is, uh, I, I am a very, very excited. I am also, I, I like also now we're talking about this match, uh, how is Sony Storm, like, unraveling after she lost the title? Like, she is just, like, the drama queen of drama queens of drama queens. And um, she's just, like, over the top. And I think, um, in, a, in a way, I think she's enjoying that because she can finally say what she really thinks. Uh, I know that she has the, uh, the outcast, but I think on her own, like, she is... She's another monster of her se- on her own, you know yeah she definitely is she has some like
3: really interesting things that she says where I'm like did Tony Storm really just say that and she's very funny so I do love to see this very like you said this diva drama queen uh, type of character that we've been recently seen on TV I didn't think that's, I think that's been really freaking cool to see
2: WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray on Busted Open After Dark we've seen AEW Dynamite run over a la
3: Raw or a Nitro back in the day my advice for slowing down is directed at Tony Khan and the pacing of the show this has been an issue from day one it is entirely too much information to digest at one time
2: Wednesdays 10 p.m. Eastern on Fight Nation
0: Jake from State Farm here hanging out with Mel's Mow and Grow Mel chose State Farm for small business insurance because his local agent is a small business owner too So she knew how to help him personalize his policies. And now he's rolling in the green. Like a... Like a good neighbor. Guys, I'm trying to do the line. Oh, sorry, Jake. It's all good. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today.
2: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up?
3: So Tiffany, talk to us about your journey to Mission Pro Wrestling. Tell us about some of the work that you did beforehand, getting to Mission Pro, everything that you did there, and then eventually becoming
0: champion. Okay. Help me as much as possible stay on track, because that is a loaded question. Um, Mission Pro plays a huge part in my journey. Um, Thunder probably recalls I debuted my first ever gear. I mean, my first ever gear that I had was Tiffany Talks, and I – I have not yet really understood who I was. And that's what Mission Pro does. It brings out the best in you. So I remember um, prior to debuting at Mission Pro, I had my third match ever on um, All Elite Wrestling, AEW. And um, I had trained for a little bit less than a year at a school in South Florida. And uh, QT Marshall was there. I remember that. And um, I was doing his seminar and I have not debuted yet, but he was there for a seminar and it happened to be the day that I was debuting. And I had my first match against Layla Gray, who is my now best friend. And I remember after that match, he had told Layla and I send me that match. And I looked at her like, God, no, you're not sending him my first match ever. Like, I, it, it's okay. Like, it's not my time. It's my first match ever. I got my first rep out. I mean, I remember before that I was booked to do a birthday party and I was so shook if that I wasn't going to be good enough that I tried calling out of the birthday party. I was like, I don't have gear. I don't know if my gear hasn't come in. And Layla Gray was like, I don't care. I brought three different outfits for you. You're going to wear it and you're going to debut. Like, it's happening. So um, I think everyone can relate to that nervous feeling of you train so much. I've trained, I think I trained for about 10 months before my debut and some people train for about three years. So everyone still experiences that moment of, okay, this is what you've been waiting for. What if it's not what it turns out to be like, you know, as you're training, you have that faith, like, well, I'm going to get better and I'm going to wait till I get better. Then I'm going to debut. What happens when you debut and you're just not there yet? You know, I don't, I was all in my head. So, um, to know that QT Marshall was gonna be there the day I actually had my big debut kind of made me nervous, but um, I was in the ring with someone I felt very, um, well experienced with. And a little backstory: my best friend and I we met three years Leila Gray and I three years on set for Bad Boys Three. So it was so ironic. We met as um uh, pursuing actresses on set, and we kind of drifted ways, and eventually um we didn't talk. And next, you know, I pursued a career in pro wrestling and so did she. And I remember seeing her and I'm like, wait, is that the same chick I saw on Bad Boys 3? And I messaged her. Long story short, we're like, oh my gosh, we remember each other. Now we're both pro wrestlers. This is insane. And we're both Hispanic. We're both from New York. So um, it was really nice that she was my uh, first match ever. Fast forward, I have um two matches after my AEW um debut and I felt like being at AEW was such an experience. I mean, from the talent backstage, um, my agent was Cody Rhodes, and that was phenomenal for me. So I'm getting all this knowledge um, from my first match in front of a live crowd, uh, TV time, all this stuff. And I just thought, you know, props to the school that I trained at. But I that was the moment I realized if I want to get to next level, I need to be trained by the next level. So I remember um feeling so excited that I um I was living in an apartment that was way overpriced and um I was a massage therapist at the time in South Florida and um I was looking into this school that really got my attention Orlando and that meant I would have to give up my apartment give up my job and get up and just go for um for this school and it happened to be flatbacks. And that's when I applied uh, for flatbacks. I got trained by uh, Tyler Breeze and Sean Spears, and um, that was very intense. I remember the first day I broke my finger. On, on a yeah yeah, Sorry, I, I'm and, just, and, it, and, and I'm a massage therapist, life? and that's how I make my money using my hands. And um, it was a simple drill, a pin drill. I broke my finger on a pin drill. Yeah. So that was pretty intense. Um, But what I did to get there was I saved um, a large amount of money because it cost, to be honest, these schools cost anywhere from, you know, three to four grand and you got to pay up front. They want to know that you're serious, you know. So um, I sold I got rid of everything and um, I was sleeping on a couch for eight weeks, just hopping around in Orlando. I didn't have, I wasn't paying rent because the money I would use for rent, I used all for the school and uh, to get me in there full time. And then I remember first week I broke my finger. Second week, I had to have my wisdom tooth removed. And I thought, I paid over four grand. I cannot miss one day of class. I cannot miss one day of class. And when you think of an eight-week program, it never feels like enough. But the thing is, you have less than 25 students, and they're really micro-focusing on you, everything from your promos to your entrance to your um, quality of um, performance. And, and they're really paying attention to detail. So I felt like that money was very well invested. I mean, to this day, I can message Breezer Spears, and they'll review my match A to, A to Z and help me. Um, and while I was doing that, I was also driving to Tampa to the school called the Lab, and I was training with Matt Seidel and Jay Lethal, who I think are two great, great coaches. I mean, they're phenomenal. Um, I always make a joke that like I feel like Jay's kind of like a dad because he's a type. A lot of coaches are very hard on you. I mean, I've even been trained by on Gangrel, and he's very old school. Um, I'm fast-forwarding a little bit, but I also get trained by Doug Basham and Al Snow. They're very old school. Their their quality is, I won't curse, but um you're the sh- crap. You're like, you're crap. Like, and they'll tell you crap every day, just so you can get better. Jay, you'll do it like a simple car He's like, yeah! great job, you're the best. You know, you don't hear that a lot in wrestling. So um, they also played a huge part in me uh, just learning um to not be afraid to try not especially not be afraid to fail but um it was tough it wasn't easy it was a lot of triumph you know I got my wisdom tooth removed and I remember going to class and it ended up being promo day and I was like again I'm not gonna miss promo day so I went up there and um, I begged them to let me cut a promo I Was like no you need to heal I'm like please please let me you know cut this promo and I remember going up there and I just started crying and I told a story about how I'm, I was dealing with poverty at the time. Like, you know, I had zero dollars in my account and barely any money to eat. You know, um, it's a, a interesting thing because um, age is a weird thing in wrestling. And at the time when I started wrestling, I was just turning 26. I'm now 29. And um, I'm in class with people from the age of 18 up. So um, my peers, you know, I'm 28. 27, 28 was $0 in my account, counting on my best friend at the time who's 19 to let me sleep on her couch and help me with food or, you know, and it's interesting, you know, it's weird in the real world. it's it, it makes you go through weird things in your head. Like, am I irresponsible? Like, why, why, you know, everyone's just in a different place in their life during this wrestling journey. So um, I remember cutting this promo and Spears and Breeze were like, they were blown away with the emotion I brought to the table and how much it meant to me. And then I remember as the last weeks were coming, I had no idea what I was going to do because I don't know if you recall, but I basically became homeless just so I can afford to go to this school to get better, to get there. And I get this phone call from my friend um, who's also in the business. It happens to be the fiance of Layla Gray, Luke Curtis. And he's like, hey, um, what is your plan after Flatbacks? And I was like, honestly, I don't know, just to make a sizzle reel and get tapes out there and try to get booked worldwide and um, see what happens, you know? And he's like, I just showed Doug Basham your picture, your video. And he says, we need more diversity here at OVW. You need to come down here. And I'm like, where would I stay? They're like, we will house you for free for three months. And I'm like, okay, I'm there. So, so I remember calling my mom. and mom gave me just enough money to fill my tank. And the last day of Flatbacks, I'm driving right to Kentucky, Old Louisville. And I'm just, I have no idea what to expect, but I'm familiar with Al Snow. You know, I've watched a lot of his tapes and, um, in between that, though, I will say during this journey, I remember getting a call. Um, it's another podcast. It's uh, Duke Loves Wrestling. Um, he had reached out to me and he told me that he's been talking with um, Thunder and Brian, um, owners of Mission Pro. And um, there's an opportunity for me to be the opening uh, match. And I'm like, get out of town. Like Mission Pro is on my list. Like that would make me worldwide known. The talent there is phenomenal. Thunder Rosa is taking over the world right now. Like, are you kidding me? Of course. But I I came into that moment where I was like, I'm not ready. And um, this was before I was flatbacks trained. So it was in the middle of knowing the school I went to got me in the door. Um, You know, they would. But it wasn't the at the level I needed to be at Mission Pro was like the end goal for me on the Indies. I'm like, that's where I need to be when I become what I need to be. And now I'm getting an opportunity again. So I remember I took it. And then I think a week later, it started getting to me like, you know, because Brian used the words this match, you got to prove yourself, you know, not in a way like it was bullying, you got to prove yourself. It was in a way like We bring the best talent to Mission Pro. And if you want to be a part of this division, you got to bring it. You got to bring it. Like, show us what you got. And um, I remember calling Brian back in tears. (laughs) And I was like, Brian, I don't know if I can do this because this is my one chance to show Thunder Rosa my skills and I don't want it to be where I'm at now like I want to blow her away I want her to know that she made the right choice bringing me in and I don't want to leave like when I'm there I want to be there for the long run and he's on the phone and he probably thought it was crazy at the time I don't know and he's just like Tiffany do you have a good attitude in the locker room I said yeah I think I have a great attitude he goes that's what I care about The locker room needs to be supportive. The locker room needs to be encouraging. The locker room needs to be positive. If you can't be any of those things, we don't want you at Mission Pro. And I'm like, oh, wait, what? He's like, yeah, you know, we care about, you've got a great story. You're a cancer survivor. Like, do your best. And there's no way you'll disappoint us. And I'm like, well, you should have just said that. I'll be (laughs) there. So um, I had my first match against uh, Diego and, um, he's he's a very he trains at hybrid great guy a great wrestler and um honestly to that day i think that's the most viewed match i have it got over thirty thousand views and it went over well and since then as you can see fast forward it's crazy to think that i'm now the champion when i was so scared to even debut so um so fast forward again, I went, I drove my little car to OVW and I've just made a year there and I've been training hard. So when I'm not at mission, um, right now, um, I now live full time in Louisville and, um, I train under Doug Basham and Al Snow and I've made that place my new home. And that's what's helped me, um, get ready. Um, within three months of going to OVW, they offered me the opportunity to debut on my birthday for impact wrestling. So that was great. So um in my first year, I've done a lot of great my first two years, I've done a lot of great things. I debuted for AEW, I debuted for Impact, I got Mission Pro under my ty- um and I, I accomplished all these small, um, not small, but these these things I thought I wasn't good enough for. I keep surprising myself and finding out that you're going to get what you give. And I always give 110%. So um I'm very happy and blessed to be here. I, it wasn't alone. But um, sometimes this journey feels like you're alone. But um, it was with the support and belief and faith of like friends, fans, wrestlers and coaches, most importantly. Well,
4: uh, Tiffany, what a story. <laughs> let's let's take a breather. Yeah, like it's a lot of things. I told and you, and guys. You're, a, you're a great storyteller. Let's let's breathe for a second. Let's breathe. Let's <laughs> enjoy the fact that you are now the new uh, mission for wrestling champion and that you have gone through your own uh, tribulations throughout this whole time, like homelessness, cancer. Uh, One of the I think the main things that I can think of is the lack of confidence that you have felt throughout your whole entire career. Yeah. And I and I want you to understand. And Denise can, you know, attest to this. We all been through that, Mm -hmm. We all been the fact that we're like, we don't feel like we're good enough sometimes. And there's somebody else who has seen something in us and they keep reminding us, girl, excuse my language you're the shit like yeah you are you are it you have the skills to be who you are my question throughout this whole time regardless of the amazing story you have do you even know where louisville was before you started? oh no <laughs> no i did like, not
0: i knew it i'm from the bronx like i was like louisville kentucky are you kidding me where are you sending me but i don't know <laughs> I think When you say, yeah, they told me Louisville, I bet she didn't even know when Louisville was.
4: <laughs> I've heard of it. like she lives in Louisville now.
0: In rap songs, I think Louisville, I don't know. But I was like, I would never thought that I'd be in Louisville. It was insane. And now I'm here. I'm a Louisville girl.
4: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs>
0: There's a lot of history here. So I'm, I'm very proud to be a part of that
3: them now that you're champion man I loved your story by the way I loved everything that you said and I noticed why you're champion because you just like you just took it like when you were telling your story I was like hanging on to like every single word that you were saying but now as champion for mission pro what are your goals what do you want to accomplish like what's the thing you want to make sure you do
0: so one of my goals most importantly is to defend this title and I want to defend it against anybody and everywhere everywhere I mean I feel like Uh, thunder said it's all about confidence and i do feel confident i do feel like i'm the best right now at mission pro and i want to prove it i feel like every underdog wants an opportunity to show people why they're going to start believing um mission did believe in me first but now i believe in myself so these shoes i'm excited not only to fill but to run with and fly so i want to challenge anyone who thinks that you know that mission pros on their list and they want to go against the champion well come on bring it on I want to defend this title with honor I mean there's a lot of words that are on this title that I can very much relate to it's dedication it's respect it's passion and honor and if anyone thinks they have more than that than me let's wrestle that's what I want to do that's what's next for me
4: well thanks for reading those words it was uh it it, it, we really want to encompass what a a real champion should be like and, and should act like because you you're representing a lot. And you are representing a company. Like now is Mission Pro. Maybe in the future could be AW, can be Impact, it can be WWE, can be, you know, Tokyo Yoshi Pro. Uh I, I don't know, you name it. All this all those promotions, mm-hmm. like, you know, the world is your oyster. And mm-hmm. and and the and the fans and the Busted Open Nation can hear the passion that you have and and, yeah. and the passion that's driven you to be where you are And like. Uh, I can totally uh, relate with you when you were saying that, uh, you know, Florida, you you travel different places in Florida to get uh, more knowledge in, in from different people. Mm-hmm. Once you like achieve something, it, it seems like you have this like little stepping stones that you keep like uh, jumping in and in this short amount of time, everything that you've been able to accomplish is has not been has not only been because uh, your passion and dedication, but it's also like uh, how you implement the things that you have to do to follow your dream. Like Absolutely. when you made the decision to like leave your your good paying job, uh that beautiful apartment, um mentally, what what were the things that were coming in into your head?
0: I felt so free and happy. Like I know it's the scariest time of my life, but I felt free and I get goosebumps thinking about it because. Um, I feel like one of the coolest things that have ever happened to me in my life was getting diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer because it gave me a head start in life compared to everyone because that fear you think of death, now you're desensitized and almost enriched with so much freaking bravery and courage to go bring it on whatever it is I'm not scared because I had cancer and I had that feeling of every opportunity you make whether it's your medicine you're taking in the morning what choice of mentality whether you're going to be positive or negative during the day you don't know what the outcome is but all you know is whatever Are you going to fall forward? Are you going to be positive about this? Are you going to, you know, there was no guarantee for me, you know, when I got diagnosed, there was a lot of options and all I knew was I had to believe in the option I chose was the best for me. And um, I decided to go very holistic with my healing. So it's the same thing with wrestling. You have to really believe that you're constantly falling forward. So when I made that decision, I couldn't be more excited to um, all the uncertainty made me Certain that I was making all the right choices because um, it kind of reminded me of that journey I took when I was healing from cancer and beating it. It was very similar. So I feel, you know, while others may be nervous, I'm just like, this is a, a, a walk in the park for me. This is exciting. I cannot wait to see what's the outcome of this decision that seems uncertain. Stephanie, that
3: is such an awesome story. And just hearing you how you got empowered through something that, you know, could have just been, you know, awful, but you found Mm -hmm. a way to be empowered by it. I want to thank you so much for coming on here, taking the time uh, to talk to us and share your story. Thank you. Uh, Thank you so much. Seriously, we're going to go ahead and take a break. And when we return, we'll be joined
4: by Justin Labar. Hold on, Denise, before we take a break what are your social media before we go because this is thank you thunder thank you denise please
0: follow me it's gonna be very simple it's tiffany Nieves underscore on twitter on instagram on facebook and on cameo now
4: oh yeah she's making extra little money hey you have a page for your merchandise before we move on so we want to make sure that everybody that comes to mission pro wrestling they have their merchandise already pro wrestling tees you can find me there all right, Denny's. now you can take it away. Thank Perfect. you. <laughs> well, thank
3: you. I'm so glad that we were able to give you the floor for that. Hell yeah.
2: Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open Monday through Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. Selling smoothies is what
0: I do, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. He's a small business owner, too, so he knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
1: Talk to an agent today.
2: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed?